You are listening to The Thriving Lawyer with Kathleen Brenner. Are you a lawyer who's feeling burnt out but you want more in life? Do you want to live a purpose-driven life that is filled with more meaning and joy? A life where you can absolutely thrive as a lawyer but not at the expense of everything else that is important to you? If you are, you've come to the right place. I'm a lawyer, a coach, a dreamer and a change maker. My mission is to help you grow and thrive, to embody your values and strengths as both a lawyer and human being, and to expand what is possible for you so you can create a more joyful, fulfilling and impactful life than you ever previously imagined possible. Welcome to episode 10 of the Thriving Lawyer podcast with Kathleen Brenner. I'm really pleased to be here again. It's been a little while and this is the first episode in 2024 and the first episode in a little while. Um, Now this is going to come out the morning of the 29th of January. So for those of you who are listening in Australia and that is many of my audience For many, this is absolutely the date that the school holidays are definitively over. If you've got kids, they're probably starting back at school for a new school year. And if you haven't already started back at work, today's probably the day that you're starting back. So in short, for many, it's a hard day after the summer holidays and back to what kind of represents a return to the daily grind. It's also almost a month since the new year. And so it can be a bit of a time where those new year's resolutions or those intentions that you set about what you wanted to do or what you want to achieve can become a bit wobbly in their implementation. You know, you have the best of intentions, but ouch, it's a bit tricky. If that is you, I highly recommend that you go back to my very first episode last year, episode one. The theme of that podcast was why your New Year's resolutions probably won't work and how to set better goals. So unsurprisingly, in that episode, what I talk about are some of the problems with resolutions, why it's the way that we structure them that causes the problem and how to really create better goals. So if that's you, I highly recommend that you go back to that episode and listen to it. Um, I'm not going to go there in this episode. Now, before I reveal the kind of substantive topic that I want to talk about today, I first wanted to give a little bit of an update about where I'm up to and foreshadow some really exciting developments and really recommit to this podcast and how I see it really bringing to life my vision. You know, I really want this to be the number one place that lawyers come to about how they can thrive. And that's thriving both as lawyers and in the rest of their lives. You know, a thriving lawyer is a thriving human. And that is really at the crux of the approach that I advocate. Now, the magnitudes of the challenges that face our profession both at the individual, but also at the institutional and organizational levels are simply so big that lawyers shouldn't be left on their own to figure it all out themselves. And too often we are. 
I mean, certainly different organisations have really um, really been challenged, I think, by the events of the past few years. And it's definitely the case that culture is changing, but there's still so much more that needs to change. Um, so given all of that, um, I also um, want to offer a framework then that's drawn from positive psychology that can be really useful and a really practical way that lawyers can assess their level of well-being and work out where they need to pay attention. So first, part one, my news. Well, 2024 is shaping up as an absolutely massive year for me. And it, what is becoming really clear in the last several weeks that it is a year that is demanding more from me than ever in terms of my implementation of everything that I know about coaching and self-development. I've committed to a lot more than I've previously committed to at the same time that I've got this kind of really firm underlying commitment to having a full, rich, thriving life myself. That means the recovery and all those things in my personal life are going to be even more important to me than ever. So what's really clear here is there's a really big challenge. And I think it's really important for me to be upfront about that because I'm going to be experimenting with applying a lot of the ideas that I am sharing with you. And I'm pretty sure that it's not always going to go right. I'm going to make mistakes. It's going to be challenging. I'm going to be experimenting. But hopefully I can be honest about that. And that, well, not hopefully. I will be honest about that. And I want to share the experiences, the ups and downs, whilst I'm also exploring and sharing pretty big ideas. Um, so, okay, so what's going on? Well, the first big piece of news is that I've accepted a place doing a Masters of Coaching Psychology at the University of Sydney, which I will do remotely and very part-time. Now, I am so excited about this. You know, although since 2019, I have spent many hundreds of hours learning and practicing coaching, I felt that I wanted to learn more. I'm so curious uh, and bookish, you know, I wanted to understand the science of coaching I want to be able to know that when I share something, it absolutely has the backing of science behind it and isn't just some woohoo, you know, woo-woo methodology. And one of the big problems that I think exists in the coaching industry at the moment is that just anybody without any training can potentially hang out their shingle as a coach regardless of qualification. Now, I've done certified um, programs. I'm certified with the International Coaching Federation as an associate coach. Um, and my commitment to learning and integrity is absolute. So, you know, I want to be able to share the knowledge I gain with you so that I can, um, well, help you just begin to apply it and share what you learn with others so that there is this kind of snowball effect. That's really the vision that I have here. And the other piece of news is that I have spent much of the summer so far collaborating with another coach. Um, she shall remain nameless at the moment. We'll do the announcements in due course. But we have been working on a very major and exciting project. So watch this space. It's going to be very big and it's going to provide so many lawyers with the opportunity to really be deliberate about the kind of lives that they live. It's going to provide them tools and um, 
space to be able to think about and then create an absolute thriving life you know it'll be up to them to do the work but we'll provide a really solid roadmap and so I think it's you know it's incredibly exciting and I can't wait to share so you know watch this space so if you'd like to sign up for the weekly newsletter so that you're informed first I've put the link in the show notes but you know that's enough about me now let's get to the substantive theme for this podcast and so What that theme is, is really a framework. And this is a framework that is really foundational, absolutely foundational in positive psychology. And what I want to do is suggest how I think it can be helpful to lawyers to think about it, particularly at this time of year. You know, if your New Year's Year's resolutions are going south, so you've already gone back and listened to my episode one, but you're still looking for more, or you're really only beginning to think about what you want in the year ahead. Perhaps you haven't made any goals or intentions, but you feel like you should, but you don't really know where. Maybe you're feeling a little bit dissatisfied or, you know, that life is not going quite the way you wanted, but you don't really know where to start. Um, And if that's you, well, bear with me because what I am going to offer you, I think, is a little tool that can help you be very deliberate about the year ahead and where you should, you know, put your attention so that you're not just going on autopilot. A lot of people, as I'm realizing and doing more and more coaching and talk to more and more lawyers, it seems really easy to get into that little trap of just kind of day after day dealing with the stresses of our professional lives and trying to juggle everything else in terms of the demands that are on us. So, What is this model? Well, it's in the title of the podcast, PERMA. And so this is a model that was established by Martin Seligman. Now, Martin Seligman is a professor of psychology. He's at the University of Pennsylvania, and he's often referred to as the father of positive psychology. Now, what Seligman does is he posits in this model that there are five sources or pathways to flourishing. So if you want a flourishing or a thriving life, and I tend to use those terms pretty interchangeably, he says that you need these five elements um, to have that kind of flourishing life, or at least that there's five pathways. Now, they are positive emotions, engagement, relationships, meaning, and achievements. Now, some scholars, particularly in the last kind of few years, Now also add a H to that PERMA to account for health. But let's just go through. I want to give you a little introduction about each of the elements. So first of all, the first one is positive emotions. So this is a really, really important source of well-being. And it's what a lot of people think about when they actually refer to happiness. This is all about those feelings of pleasure. And it covers a wide range of emotions. Everything from happiness, excitement, joy to optimism, just to name a few. The next is engagement. So this refers to how we, well, how engaged we are with the activities that we undertake, whether that's at work or in the rest of our lives. So when we are fully engaged, we enter this state of flow. And what we mean by this state of flow, you might have heard about it, is it's characterized by that lack of awareness of time 
or lack of awareness of anything that's going on outside the activity that you're engaging with. So it's worth thinking about, do you regularly experience those feelings in your legal work or are you constantly distracted? Are there other activities in your life that help you get into flow easily? So for me, when I think about outside my work, the easiest way to get into flow, it's probably reading. And it's one kind of flow trigger that I've relied on since I was really little and could read. Um, A way to completely forget about what's going out like on in the rest of the world. Another one is when I go to the theatre. Um, I become so totally engaged in what's on the stage that I totally lose awareness of anything else. So that's the second source. The third pathway or source of well-being is relationships. You know, this seems pretty intuitive. It's about the quality of the connections that we have with others, whether they're family or friends or some other kind of connection. And so, you know, when you think about the happiest moments in our lives, they're probably with other people. But unfortunately, in the modern Western societies that we're in, and Australia I don't think is any exception, there is this epidemic of loneliness. And I'm pretty sure that lawyers are not immune from that. You know, it's so easy as really busy professionals to get caught up in work, particularly if we have families, that we can let the other relationships slide. Or perhaps we're spending so much time at work that we're hardly even engaging on a real kind of deep level with even family, let alone our friends. The next source of well-being is meaning. So this is about whether we get a sense of meaning or purpose from our lives. And this one's closely connected to a sense that there is meaning beyond just ourselves. You know, when we have meaning, we can pursue big, hard things even when they do impact on our short-term positive emotions. You know, there's something bigger that we're working towards. Now, when I think of a lot of lawyers, particularly when we're at law school, we might have been driven to the law with this idea about service and justice, and perhaps you still have it as a lawyer. You know, I think lawyers are pretty primed to get a lot of meaning out of our work. But I think it's also possible that maybe we found ourselves in an area of practice that didn't really suit us. We've perhaps gone and got a whole lot of expertise in something that's really technical and we're working hard at it. But perhaps we're not driving that meaning anymore. Um, Think about where you fit on that spectrum. Where are you now? Okay, so that's an important source of well-being. And then the next is accomplishment. You can also refer to this as achievement. And so what this is about is pursuing accomplishments or achievements and mastery of something for for its own sake. You know, we're setting and achieving high, hard goals. When we seek achievement, we're seeking it for it without expectation of, you know, its impact of anything else. It's for its own sake. I think for lawyers, it's probably another big one, you know. Um, we're often high achievers. We've been like that since school. We had to be in order to get into law school and do all the work to pass the law degree, to start our careers, to get seniority. It's really demanding. So perhaps this one we might even over-index on. So they're the five sources that Seligman has posited. Now, A lot of scholars frequently add health on the end, right? I said that 
a little bit earlier. And that, of course, is recognizing that physical and mental well-being are absolutely foundational to thriving and that they weren't necessarily completely reflected by um, those first five, particularly when you think about physical health. So what I find really interesting about this model is that it, it seems from the research that it's important to have all five components to some degree for a real flourishing, thriving life. But that said, we're all different and we might have preferred pathways. So maybe there's one or two there that you tend to rely on. Now that's fine, but perhaps you might just need to pay a little bit more attention to the others. It's not to say that they all have to be equal at the same level. It's simply we want to expand the level of thriving by expanding how each of those elements um, shows up. Or perhaps we might be looking at an element and going, oh, perhaps we're just over-indexing on that one a bit. And so for lawyers, for example, I think a really common example might be the one I just gave, which is we're focusing on achievement and meaning and purpose that perhaps we've tied so much of identity of our identity into our work that we've kind of lost track of those other bits of our life and perhaps we're therefore not thriving as much as we absolutely could. It's not to say, though, that you can't have a really, really meaningful life based on the achievements and having that meaning and purpose in work. It's simply let's look at this for, as, from, as expansively as possible, I think. It's going to be a little different for everybody, so it's not like there's one path. Um, and certainly, again, you know, I'm coming from this as a perspective as a coach. I'm not a psychologist. I'm applying these ideas in the coaching framework. So what I'm really interested in here is thinking about, well, how can we use awareness of this framework to ask intelligent questions, coaching questions that can help us live richer, more thriving lives? That's what this is all about. So... Going forward, perhaps at this, you know, early part of the year, a really good question to ask yourself is, well, where, how are you doing on each of those elements? And is there a particular area that you need to pay more attention to? And perhaps what you could ask yourself is, if you just focused on one area, one source of well-being that's identified in the PERMA model, which would make the biggest difference to your life, you know, the biggest difference to the level of satisfaction that you have, what, it, what would it be? Uh, maybe take a few minutes, just quietly think about that. You could even pause the podcast now and come back to me in a few minutes. And once you've identified that source of well-being that you think that if you paid more attention to could have that biggest impact, just pay attention to it in this next week. Take even just one action this week that would support that. And then reflect on the difference that it made. And maybe you're going to need to focus on that one for a while. So for me, and here I'm being a little vulnerable and open here, as I go about achieving what are some really, really big dreams and goals this year, and those goals I am absolutely certain are really aligned with my key values, my character strengths, they're linked to the very clear vision I have of my best possible self. And I know without doubt they bring me a lot of engagement, flow, meaning and purpose and a sense of achievement. I know that I'm going to have to pay extra attention to positive emotions and relationships 
because it's going to be so easy for me to just get caught up in my legal work, my study, the development of this business and the podcast, the launch of that big, exciting project that I was talking about. So what I am going to be is really conscious of taking time and planning so that I've got the friends and family time that I need. And also that I'm doing those simple things that I need to experience those positive emotions. And that might be, you know, in addition to having really good quality time with friends and family, it might be doing things on my own as simple as, you know, um, observing the changes in my thriving vegetable and herb garden as summer progresses. I'm doing that daily at the moment in the morning after breakfast and really enjoying to see, you know, simple things like how many new chili buds there are on my chili plants and how big my basil plants are getting. You know, these are just really small little things. Taking walks in my neighborhood and on the beach, making sure that I don't entirely give up my going to the theater and going to other arts activities, because that's something that brings me such an outsized amount of pleasure for the effort that it takes in its, you know, when I do my character strengths, one of the key ones always comes up as an appreciation of beauty and excellence. And I know that I need to tap into that in order to really feel well and happy. You know, it gives me so much joy. And as soon as I can't do those things, like in the pandemic, you know, I really had to find alternative ways of doing it so that I could still get that little hit. Okay, so, you know, these are things that don't take time, like a two minute break in my garden on a work day, for instance, is actually going to make me more productive and perform better at work, even though, you know, it's a pleasant effect and not the primary motive. Um, So all of that is to say it's worth really reflecting about this and seeing if you can make really small tweaks. We're not talking about massive change necessarily. It can just be the little things. Um, you know, I'm really not a fan of this kind of approach that sometimes when you are, you know, feeling a bit blah or dissatisfied that perhaps, you know, it's quit your job and join an ashram in India, you know, it's all well and good if you want to do that, but sometimes it might just be the little things. So I invite you to reflect, um, and, and see how you go. I've even created a short link. Well, sorry, I've even created a link to a short worksheet that might just help you go about that reflection process and give you a place to keep your thoughts. Anyway, I it's been such a pleasure to be back today and keep well, listeners, lawyers. Until next time, thank you. <laughs>